Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. Our affordable $199 GRE course includes everything you need to ace your GRE, full textbook, tons of GRE questions, backed by our memory science algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like, the code podcast will get you $20 off at checkout. Now, today joining us is Charles Biblios. Charles of GMAT Ninja, do you mind giving us a little info about what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Charles. I've been tutoring GRE since 2000 or 2001. I uh, run a little company called GMAT Ninja. All we do is one-on-one tutoring for GMAT, GRE, LSAT, and the executive assessment. Great. And today's topic is uh, engineer's disease, essentially you know, how you could be your own worst enemy on the GRE quant. And so what, what do you, how do you define engineer's disease? And then, um, you know, what are kind of the, the ways that it shows up for people that are generally pretty good at math? So we, we started calling a, a phenomenon that we see on GRE and GMAT quant test engineer's disease. When we kept seeing these incredibly well-trained people with engineering or economics or math or physics backgrounds who would come in and say, yeah, my, my score on the GMAT or GRE isn't that great. Why is this happening? And the, the short, short version of it is that if you are supremely well-trained in quant and you have done bazillions of lines of algebra in your life and you're really, really great at it, you know, tons of calculus, then you take a question on something like the GRE. And if, if there is a nice orthodox algebraic solution, you do that nice orthodox algebraic solution and you do it very systematically. And next thing you know, you've just spent 12 lines of algebra and two and a half minutes doing a question that had some other solution path that, that you could have done in 60 seconds or 75 seconds. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's, it's a shockingly prevalent thing. And I, I, first guy that really taught me about it inadvertently, I had this brilliant, brilliant guy, um, Indian immigrant. He had two master's degrees in quantum topics. His dad was this hotshot physicist at, at the top university of India. And this guy just had a bang career, smart dude, super great guy, uh, smarter mm-hmm. than me without a doubt. Has knows way more math than, than I do, and and there's no doubt about that. That's not humility, that's reality. This guy's name is Roland, way smarter than me, way more math, not a question. And his scores were were stuck around the 70th percentile, and he couldn't get above it. And the reason was like I'd give him a question, and and I tried to give him kind of a cheeky question that I knew full well had a couple of ways to go about it, and. There was kind of the slick way you really had to kind of sit back a little bit and think. And then there was the obvious way that would be 10 lines of algebra. Right. And I kept getting him every single time. And, and I started, we had a really good rapport just as, as people and became friends afterwards. And I would kind of do this theatrical thing after a while where I would slump in my chair. I was tutoring him in person. And I would just kind of slump over my chair with a cup of coffee and, and give him my laziest, most American look I could. And watch him do his 12 lines of algebra. And four minutes later, he's like, is this it? Like, yep, you got it right. Um, I did it in my head in 25 seconds. How did I do that? (laughs) And again, this guy's smarter than me. For the record, this isn't because I'm brilliant. It's it's because that the questions I was giving him had some reasonably obvious way to answer it without doing all of that stuff. Right. So the people with too much training and are too orthodox can get themselves into real trouble on a time test like the GRE. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the name of the game really is time, right? Because if you think about it, every problem you solve in 25 seconds, it buys you, you know, at least one problem where you can get an extra minute to do it the hard way if you can't think of the clever way. 
But how do you, so how do you diagnose a problem then to determine if there are multiple avenues to approach it? It, On a particular GRE question? Yeah, exactly. Identifying that it has multiple solution paths. As in how, how can a student get better at that skill? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, I can say to one set of mouth, it's really obvious for us as one-on-one tutors when we see a student doing this. Like we'll see somebody come in and let's say that their goal is a 160 on the GRE quant and they're scoring in the low 150s, for example. And it's really easy for us to see when somebody might have that issue because our first thought is, hey, you're you know, eight points below where you need to be on quant. Maybe your algebra stinks. And within about five minutes, you know, we can tell that it doesn't, or we can see from their background that it shouldn't. Well, maybe they're being sloppy. If it's not that, we know it's a lack of flexibility. And then from there, how do you get better at it? A couple ways to do it. I, I think thing number one that we coach our students in is that always, everybody, it doesn't matter if you have an engineering background, you're great at quant, you think you're terrible at quant, doesn't matter. Everybody, read the question twice before you do anything. Mm-hmm. Step two, plot your path forward. Think about what you're going to do before you do it. And those two things are incredibly hard to pull off. And they're so critical to your success, especially on an adaptive test like the GRE, because if you make a sloppy error, especially on that first section, that's when you get yourself into trouble. That's when you mm-hmm. might dig yourself a hole you can't climb out of. So read the question twice. Don't misread anything. If, if you're answering the wrong question or it says something like X is an integer, X is negative, X is non-negative, and you miss that modifier, you're in big trouble. Right. Reading twice is valuable in and of itself for that reason. But the more subtle reason why we, we absolutely demand that our students do it is that it gives them time to, to digest a little bit and give themselves a moment to see the opening. And step two is we always want them to say, I'm going to decide what I'm going to do before I do it. If I just start writing stuff out, I'm not necessarily going to pick the most efficient path. And again, if you're overtrained, if you're that engineer, you're a civil engineer, and if you don't do things systematically, the bridge falls down. Right. You've been trained to do it that way. And so you're going to do the first thing that comes to mind. It's going to be inefficient. It's going to be too much algebra in a lot of cases. Sometimes that's the best path. It isn't always. certainly isn't on the GRE. So step it's the best one, path twice. for building a bridge. 100%. My, <laughs> my sit back and look lazy path for building a bridge doesn't work. That's why I'm not mm. an engineer. So read twice always. Give yourself a moment to digest. Step two, decide what you're going to do. Look ahead a little bit. And if your path is six, six to eight lines of algebra, let's say, there should be a little voice in your head that goes, wait a minute, I don't have that much time. I can't spend that much time doing that. Is there a better way? Is there a better way? Maybe I should skip this question, come back to it later, and maybe I'll, I'll see a better way at that point. But be really conscious. Is that path I'm thinking of any good? And if it isn't, then maybe you move on or, or you give yourself another 20 seconds to think of something else. And again, the joy of the GRE, this isn't true on a lot of other tests. You can skip questions and come back to them. Mm-hmm. And you can use that to your advantage. If you've got really bad engineer's disease, force yourself to read twice. Step two, think about what you're going to do before you do it. Give yourself a moment to go, is that a great idea to do it that way? And if you can't think of anything else, great. Skip the question, come back to it. And sometimes when you see that question again, 10 minutes or 20 minutes later, the light bulb goes on and you see that entry point. And that happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing this for a really long time multiple perfect scores, blah, blah. And I still skip half a dozen questions easily per section because I look at it and go, you know, the only way I'm seeing to solve this is kind of a pain in the butt. Can I do better? Let me walk away. And when I come back to it with fresh eyes, I'm much more likely to see a better way to do it. 
Right. Or at the end, you know, if you've got five questions left in 15 minutes, well, you're like, well, I mean, okay, now I have time to do it the hard way if I really need to, because you bought yourself all that time by, by cranking through the rest of them. Spot on, Tyler. That's exactly it. If you end up having the extra time and you can't see the easy path through, great. Now you can spend the time if you've got 15 minutes and five questions left. Right. Yeah. Very cool. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, I think other than that, the, like, I think, you know, diagnosing, that was a key piece of it. I think the other thing is just like, how do you identify if you have engineer's disease or if you just are, you know, if it's just a hard problem? I think you identify that for yourself more in the aggregate. So mm. you probably know if you're good at algebra. I think most people are pretty self-aware with that. And if you know the uh, strong quant background, you know you're good at algebra and you see these scores that are, are well below what you think they should be, decent chance you have engineer's disease. It's one of two things. Either you're too sloppy mm-hmm. and you're missing questions you shouldn't miss. I, I guess three things. That's, that's thing one. Could be that you're too stubborn and you spend an eternity on some questions that, that you should be letting go of. And then right. you end up missing questions you ran out of time. I suppose that's in there. Or three, you've got engineer's disease and you're just not being flexible enough. So I don't think you can necessarily identify it in yourself as a as a as a trait of your mind on, on one question. But you're going to see scores that are persistently lowered than you know you deserve. And if you can rule out the time management problems and pure old sloppiness, engineer's disease is almost the only thing left. And with our students, we we usually have a sense of engineer's disease just by looking at their their scores before they start tutoring. We have a mm-hmm. pretty good hypothesis that might be the case. And within 10 minutes, you know, we, we try to catch them doing something dumb. It's like, hey, you're sloppy. It's not engineer's disease. Um, we can usually figure that out in 10 or 15 minutes because it, it is such a, a common thing. Yeah. And then the, the last sort of question I have for this topic, I think, um, or I mean, happy to discuss further if you've got other angles on this, but I think the last one is like, okay, so you look at a problem, you see a three minute way to solve it but you don't see the other ways to solve it and let's say you did take a break for 10 minutes and come back to it like at that point you know do you just knuckle down and do it because it might be harder to figure it out the other way or how do you find those other paths that you know must be there but you're you don't know what they are yeah, great question, Tyler. I, I think there's two ways to think about that. I think one is that in the long run of your studies for the GRE, however long your studies might be for the GRE, think of that flexibility as a muscle that you develop mm-hmm. over time and you learn how to see different solution paths. And maybe part of that is great if you're working with a tutor, fine. If you're working on, let's say, an online platform, you know, something like Achievable, yeah, you you I, you have the opportunity to see different paths as you're looking at the question, go, hey, this I can see that this took me three and a half minutes. Let me spend some time as I study my, what I did on this question, review my results. Is there a better way? Can I see it there? Is it in the explanation? So over time, you can start to see different ways to do it. And the, and the bigger your toolkit gets as you study for the GRE, and the more you focus on, hey, as I looked at that question, when was the moment when I could have been more flexible? Mm. You can develop that skill. So that's thought number one. And, and again, the thing we drill in our students over and over Read twice, religiously, 100% of the time. Plot your path forward before you jump in. That's something anybody can do. doesn't matter what your skill level is. It will help you without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, in the moment of taking the test, your skills are what they are, and you're going to see questions where you just don't see a great path forward. It happens to everybody. And if that's the case, yeah, you skip it for sure the first pass through. 
Then once you come back and look at it, it just depends on how much time you have left. So if I've got mm-hmm. the time, last time I took the GRE, I, I think on my second section, I had maybe three questions that made my eyes bleed and I just couldn't see an easy way, even on the second pass through. But the good thing was I had like 12 minutes left so I could you know, go nuts on them. So really at that point, it's just a function of whether you have the time. If you got the time, yeah. Knuckle down, do the 12 lines of algebra. It takes you three minutes, no worries. Mm-hmm. But don't spend that up front because you do that two or three times and you're going to feel the pinch. So yeah. make sure that you don't do that inefficient, slow path until you know for a fact you can spare the time. Got it. Great. Thanks, Charles. This has been GRE Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable. You can try out our GRE course at achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off if you like it.